Hey there, everybody, and welcome. This is Tevo Creative Leadership Ministries, also home of the DFW Leader Ministry Fellowship.com. We're here today because I'm really discussing my new law practice. I'm setting up my law office and can give advice and counsel. And it is about Old Testament law. I plan on defragging it. That's the intention of what I call the law office because I deal with a lot of different kinds of Christians. Some are Baptists, some are Methodists, some are uh, charismatic, all different kinds and colors. But many times I deal with people who have founded a movement in a movement that was founded by somebody and then people who have a call to hear from the Lord because they have the office call to become a minister. Not that you want to be worldwide famous. I'm not into that kind of thing. I'm more like a front lines evangelist, but I've been experienced in many years of pioneering and also out in mega country in Dallas, 15 years in micro ministry before that with a sort of rural kind. So I'm really grassroots and I think you know, black and white and brown, everyone get ready for unity, cross-body unity. That's my brand. Our brand is this, because we need to stand like an umpire. When I first started public ministry in the 80s, many years ago, I was invited. I had the encouraging word in Richmond, Virginia, Central Virginia, for many years. And then I was invited by a couple that were full gospel businessmen, a man and his wife, he was the tri-state president, and he invited me to be under his nonprofit up there for a while. And it was called Umpire, and it's symbolic of what my call is. It was a nonprofit that sort of helped all the different kinds of races and colors and kinds, denomination or not, in the Christian community. It was not biased against one kind. And that's really me, myself. So when that ended, we parted peacefully and said goodbye. I had my own nonprofit till Dallas, where I felt the um, aberration of Christ following with the fruit of certain kinds of prophetic, self-styled, spiritual doctrines was just so anti-Christ, his love, not genuine in the Bible competition or just something you know dark spooky as well that I pulled out and a lot of them not just that kind that were deep in the seer gift I'm talking about celebrity and then not being trustworthy you didn't know who these people were in mega proportions so I had a lot I withdrew and analyzed every kind of group if I met something three times the similar type stealing defrauding, not being, you know, being rude or biased, chauvinist, whatever, to male or female, I would just say what's in their doctrinal bathwaters and analyze who it was, what kind of group they said they represented, what kind of doctrines they believed. And so I came up with this theory that it was about achievement more, bless me, TV media affected ministry, maybe Poor mamas and daddies never raised them right. They didn't have, you know, under, or they were back under the law. And they didn't even get foundational good teaching of discernment of what is respectful, mature, and loving. So what I ended up with from the Lord was a mega ministry online, but purposefully online so I didn't have to get out with the, whatever it was, contagion. This was prior to COVID. 
2015. So we studied the doctrine because of the fruit, the negative fruit. It, these were peers. You'd think there would be an office discernment of respect. The, the things that were missing were relationships. So I have a binding relationship, enduring relationship theology abiding in James 3.17 fruit because the fruit was null and void in a lot of places and then when you go to the kinds that are more seerish and they have their system and their hierarchy there is the witch watching guarding the wells of the holy spirit now this is dfw but it's everywhere i've been in florida i've been up here i've been you know for many years and seen it in a lot of places mech mega and micro it is certain doctrines charismatic doctrines that have spread like yeast of the pharisees they are critical and accusing. If I look at Jesus, how he lived his life, and how he spoke and treated and respected people, his mother Mary, you would not see Jesus tolerating this kind of stuff. This is crazy-matic. It has gotten from not charismatic, moving in the spirit, it has gotten into a lot of this. It's crazy-matic, crazy-matic, off-dark, and that's when I got out. I believe in the Holy Spirit, I, and that's what bothers me, really. I, I speak on behalf of many pure-hearted people. No agenda, not sly. All you want to do when you're under great pressure, when your dad has died, when you're going through suffering, when you've got ministry, hell on earth, you're paying a price for the Lord, you got your children you're concerned about, all these things, pressures in life, all you want to do is get with God. And if you know the Holy Spirit and love the Holy Spirit, you want to go to one of the wells for refreshing, to hear a word of the Lord, to sit under the ministry of God's power, peace, and presence. That's all. No fault-finding, no secret agenda. All you want to do is be loved, feel the presence of the Lord, and hear from the Lord for yourself, like a Holy Spirit hug, you know, the peace and power presence of the Lord. So there's nothing wrong with that, is there? So you go there as a visitor and see, as a sent one since age 24, to visit the body different kinds, when the Lord led me, and that's how I found this. And he had told me at one point, if you see something that hurts my good name, my safe fellowship name, or hurts people, three times or more you're, to, you're seeing what I'm showing you because it's that big even more, so train on it. And I do, that's why I speak out. Because this is when I've been sent to Florida many times, North Carolina many times, South Carolina many times, Alabama, Dallas 15 years, Virginia 30 years. I was there, by God's mercy, for a lot of good stuff. I'm so thankful for the good stuff. I mean, I wouldn't be here had I not with good cheer had not good teaching and good representations of the Lord, including my father and mother who are in heaven, been mine by grace. So I'm not knocking all tongue talkers. I'm not, they weren't tongue talkers, but all different kinds of, I'm not knocking any. I'm saying as a teacher and reprover of doctrine, men and women to the body of Christ, where I have to be reproved too from the Lord, an elder leader in the body of Christ, been on the road for 45 years doing this, plus ministry before that all my life, with no secret agenda, no bias, if I go to worship 
the reason I teach like this, it's they're dull of discerning. It's the Eli Temple priesthood and they're females or celebrity. Conquering the wells of the Lord. <laughs> and this is just, I mean, there are a lot of different kinds, but this one has been my aggressive. I don't do anything and it comes after me. It's a spirit and whatever is in me, my call, my part of God's anointing is to give hope to people, to give the beauty of the Lord, to teach about Holy Spirit, enjoy being with the Lord. But this spirit is demonic and it comes after me, character assassinates me and many, jumps me in public without letting me speak in no relationship. See, this is it. I've had to learn it because it knows me. Like Jesus is akin to Jesus trying to do his father's business. That is all. Mind in my business, pure in heart. Anybody could have talked to me, but instead that old devil accuses from a, it's a Jezebel. She's a Jezebel. Tell all the others, don't talk to her to find out. So when I've seen this emotionally dishonest spirit, it is a dishonest spirit. It is a form of hypocrisy. It is a form of sin-spying Phariseeism because it won't relate. It won't confront. I, of all people, am the most willing to be easily entreated. I am the most respectful. I'm there. But it is a powerful, controlling, mostly dominating and cult-like spirit that doesn't want to be messed with. And it doesn't want to take a chance to speak somebody who is honest, who is on the level because it needs to be over everybody and in control to guard the gates of money. The privilege and gentrification of this move, the former good moves, a lot of them were formerly good moves, some of them are now good, and some of them have tainted sin and this demonic doctrine, dark doctrine. Why do I say it? Because they're advertising. You all are advertising, come to fellowship like it's a real church. It's a fellowship. It's a church. Come. We love Jesus. We respect you. You know, you go think, after all these years of being around, that a church is a church. There's, we're for the Lord, we're for everybody, it's a team, everybody's equal, all colors, males and females, black and white, rich or poor, there's no respect for persons, there's a respect for all persons. So when I have been only trying to get with God when I was exhausted, wounded, hurt, betrayed, lost parents, lost relatives, and get in with God, and you just go to the Holy Spirit wells, a lot of these wells are diseased and they scan you but won't speak like they're accusing you like they've seen a dark devil and it's really them that has it <laughs> thank god i know more than th this group but this it is a sneaky group this is what it's a suspicious group so it made me think about this i think what's in their doctrinal bath orders what it, if I get racially profiled, which I found myself being racially profiled back in the late 90s with the same group, turned out swell, Western European Levitical Patriarchism, shepherd, my nightmare, because it will not dialogue, it will not respect me, it will only call me evil and never chat. And that's okay, that's their choice, that's your choice. But before the Lord, is it holy? Is it normal? Is it demonic? Who does it act like more? Christ, the Messiah, who would not judge by the sight of his eyes, would go about doing good, being friendly and 
relating to people, married, even Mary Magdalene, woman of seven devils, his mother, the woman at the well, all these people equally treated with respect? Or would he sit in a corner and brood and spy and call people names and then character assassinate witch, white witch watching because they were protecting their money bags, their turf? So after a while, when I saw it more than two or three times, there are hundreds of times in this nation alone, micro and, megro, micro and mega, you can see the spirit of cult. It is like witchcraft that they call everybody witches. Ironically, what is witchcraft? All these things have made me go to my Bible as a noble Berean to say, is it me or them? Do I have it? If they call me a control, if they're suspicious of you know these Pharisees, I saw when I'd visit, I would say, I've never been racially profiled. I've been respected by all ministers, white and black, all my life. So when I'd go to some of these moves at the leading of the Lord, prophetic moves, basically headed by white, I would find myself profiled or backed off or superior. You know, like why? I was used to saying hi. I'm a friendly person respectful quiet so I looked well you know if I'm getting racially profiled by white people these are white I'm gonna racially profile back and that's when I started to think oh the ones that scan me are all middle-aged white it's not a sedentary Western European background look like they're red state and it's all men mostly no women at the time on their leadership and no black people maybe one so I was watching and I thought, why are they, why are they, you know, I was in the audience being led, you know, being led to go to learn about the Holy Spirit. And then I look at the other women that were there all the time. I'd meet people in the audience. I thought, boy, these women look oppressed. <laughs> they look hangdog. I'm not, I'm, you know, not back under the law or under that oppressive control. So then when I went to Dallas, I realized, and when I came back here, I think, oh, it's the progression into mega ministry after many years. Now they've gotten settled in, ensconced, gentrified, the money's good now, healthy and big, and now they have it down to a science, a system where now they know they got to keep their revenue going by micromanaging and weeding out trouble before it happens so they now use typecasts and I fit their typecast so as a result I pull back to the Lord knowing most white men that are patriarchal don't do that I was raised by family men respected so I know good men a lot of them most of them Baptists are like that too Catholics you name it so I thought, why am I seeing this, Lord? And the Lord said, because of my body, because of my Holy Spirit, because of false advertising. They say it's a fellowship and really it's a cult. It's a personality mega cult. <laughs> I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just can't do that. I'm just not the white mega cult kind. I believe in equal opportunity, real respect for the office of the human made in God's image like my dad who was white but he wasn't bigoted. He wasn't an oppressive witch, you know, controller. So when I realized if I 
as a typecast go in there as an innocent, pure-hearted person, no secret agenda, and I've seen it whelp spirit manifest withstand gossip, but I also run into many other people that have had the same treatment through the years, de three decades, then you realize that the Lord has a big need to deliver this thing. It is a big deal. It is a big deal. So what I've said, it reminds me, because this is the charismatics that are in the move of the Holy Spirit that is mostly white. And so I'm not, I th they can have good tears of thing. You have really great doctrine that woo you in and make you want to go back. But then you realize you're not being spoken to. You're being frozen out. They're being watching you. And then you realize that they gossip and they will not confront. And see, I'm the opposite. If you think I'm something evil, come talk to me and find out for sure. So it is a spiritual battle just trying to go and get with the Holy Spirit. Just trying to Hebrews 10.25. That's why I'm saying this. It's the end times. It's time for the harvest. A lot of people are going to come in and want to be with the Lord. So if you're going to advertise, please don't false advertise anymore and say it's a church where everybody's welcome. He's and she's. Black and white. Old and young. Rich and poor. If you just want certain celebrity kinds or your color or your style, advertise it's a mega cult or a micro cult, please. Then I or anyone else will save the time and we will not have to put up, tolerate being scanned by 10 people because of fear-based, dark, demonic, acting, confused doctrine. So... Because I am a prophet seer like Elijah. I am a prophet seer and an apostle. I'm a servant leader, not a celebrity. So the issue is we have to really regard our own motives and our own healthy ministry. Do you really want to make it a church or not? Otherwise, make it your ministry, the mega cult. Go ahead. That's your choice. But I'm not going to need to go if I know that I'm going to be treated rudely scanned and never spoken to, frozen out by the patricians at the leadership mega table or whatever it is. Let's see, I'm one that is like, when I come, like when I've come up here, I came out of nothing. I was exhausted. I had seen Babylon in Christian men, quasi-Christian men. It was Babylon. The warfare had been intense for years. I had felt awful. But I had paid a price for the Lord. But when I came out, I needed to just recalibrate. Your head is spinning because of what you've been through. A lot of people are like this. I'm speaking real for a lot of people's sake. So you go and you don't feel peppy. You don't feel the usual energy because you're getting back. Your reserves are then depleted. And you have to figure out who you are now again in a complex. This is a nice area up here. I really love it. It's not this old religious spirit every day and all the warfare, humongous warfare. So I really, the more, the bride is up here. The bride is the bride of Christ, mostly. But then you run into some whelp or pride of Christ. So we got to weed this out. So when we teach, I'm teaching now out to the people who have been through this who see this and get bombarded with your black skinned or, you know, don't fit the preferred type in any part of the nation or any part of the world, we're for you. 
we understand the projection of spiritual animosity to you and your emotional wear and tear and then the celebrity big eye ego crowd you have to deal with them the devout cult followers <laughs> and so I could like go to the mega cult here and there and be fine but I'm one that's more friendly than they I'm more down to earth and EORR I'm just not a I'm just not a in my own world and us against them with fellow believers fellow office I'm an office minister of all five office I'm not a junior minister I'm not a novice I've been doing this but stealth until now stealth I've met other people that have done this one person in Carrollton I met another stealth but we are not holier than now we're not underminers we're just like on a mission with a lot of hell going on to keep our mind on the hell trying to not have it and want to be in your church just for the Lord and to whatever he wants us to see who would have thought that we have to teach people how to be respectful in ministry top ministry who would have thought that an unfaceless nameless person like myself or anybody else would have to teach some of what should be called heroes of the faith in move in movements prophetic movements all that we have to train the basics like you would a two-year-old to be respectful to everybody if they come to your fellowship and your church is this crazy that's why I say it's crazy Matic I got out of the occult cult following crazy Maddox after I was in Dallas it was just too much and shepherding control it is a way of making systems and getting money Phariseeism accusation control from the top and you know it's not like being in a family anymore it's not being among friends fellowshipping with the Saints it's about who's over who <laughs> who's got the power to free you know who do they really want there who do they really want to come the ones that look like them the ones they can control <laughs> that's what I guess but I feel that the teaching of white on white prophetic power struggles us against them prophetic paranoia you know false teaching is all this is it's all it is they are not right because Jesus doesn't role model anti anybody anti female witch watching or accusing people never speaking he wasn't typecasting so this is the opposite of Christ in a fellowship in a ministry that we are now confronting and we are now reproving and correcting because you don't want Jesus to hold you accountable on the last day and you don't want to block people from getting to Jesus when the hour is late he could come quickly or they could die in any moment you never know what's going on these days people are killing themselves like crazy I don't want that for anybody and I don't want you to scare them off freeze them out you're loveless it's just loveless I think if anything that I recall from why I couldn't fit in the family feel of Dallas and it's not a poor this what the whelp do here's what they do if they hear this they'll say well it's her fault she's calling us names poor us because you know she's just rejected she's just got unforgiveness baggage she's and see they dr. Phil diagnose you that's the other whelp pop psychology deflective 
indifferent, compassion fatigue, no heart anymore. It's all rules, loveless, fault-finding, and then turf-protecting. The bottom line is their turf and their system and their revenue. It looks like. So the Bible teaches us in the scriptures. I got it out. The Lord put it in my heart the other day. In the last days, the love of many will grow old. The luck cold. Maybe it's and old. <laughs> Some of these are old. <laughs> in the last days, Matthew eleven twenty four, I believe. In the last days, the love of many will grow cold. Because of iniquity, sin. So I think in, in terms of the first Samuel jaded, cynical, accusing and using, woman typecasting, pre-Ichabod, evil, Eli Templi priesthood, the one brought judgment on. I think in terms of the love of Eli, middle-aged, experienced Eli had grown cold. He was so cold that he didn't discipline his two sons, the other whelp, because they slept with the women that came to the church. And he did nothing. The other part, he, they abused the offering and kept it for themselves. He did nothing. And it was more like the, oh, boys will be boys, Eli Temple A. Priesthood, like now. No respect for the woman. No respect for the holy fear of the Lord for offering. No respect for the woman who came alone at the steps. Ironically, she was grieving, as I have been grieving when the whelp spirit is the worst attacks happen for me. And I speak not jaded, but warning you not to do this. God has got bigger things in mind than you, and he can find anybody to raise up in your place. Or mine, God forbid. Eli Temple Priesthood is the word for the day and the Isaiah 1 through 3 chapters of priest, God's leaders, the seasoned leaders. The Eli Temple Priesthood, compassion fatigue, jaded, typecasting, cynical, saw the woman weeping on the steps, and the first thing he thought wasn't compassion. Oh, I wonder what's wrong with her, like Jesus would have done, a true Christian a true priest of the Hebrew nation back then. But instead he went, oh, she's drunk. Probably thinking, I've seen enough of those women. I've seen tons of those through my 50 years in ministry. I've seen many of those. And all they are emotionally draining, pablum pumpers. So he accused, unrighteously, unjustly accused from far off, which is the whelp patrician style they do that far off never die like it All right so here the lone woman no husband gets accused that happens a lot and i'm saying that for this fate of the the new move of god and you better watch out you better be careful these are single women that come this particular one was there like i used to be i could have been i had a husband but he wouldn't go to church anywhere he just said, go wherever you want to go with the Lord, and that's fine with me. So I would go, and I would get accused, attacked. I'm not a wuss. I'm five foot ten. It is a spiritual an enemy attack, assault of false religion, which must be confronted and not tolerated. 
So as my life has gone on, I've gotten stronger in the Lord, trying to be nice. But I looked, God showed me in DFW, the type we're warring against. He sees jaded, experienced, immune, toxic, cynical, saving themselves by typecasting. So they don't use energy or have to get too close to deplete themselves. It's self-preserving, not disciplining and being strong enough to set down the uh, faults things going on in their ministry, the witch watching, everything else. So here comes the lone Hannah who is weeping like a, you know, out of the blue, a strange woman comes and parks on the front of the temple steps and she's weeping. And, and of course he's accusing and negative. So he thinks, oh no, she's drunk. When she was grieving, what was she doing? Hannah, the future mother of the first prophet of the nation of Israel was there. He didn't know that. He was clueless. He had no discernment. He instead only saw her as one more generic trouble, problems-making female. One more, because that's how Levitical patriarchs treat anybody who's a female, unless they're, they're barking matriarchs, subservient matriarchs, all right, that do their bidding. <laughs> so, in the backstory of Hannah... She was being persecuted. She was married. There was another wife named Penina. And the Penina had all these children and Hannah was barren. However, Elkanah, the father and the husband, loved Hannah more. And he said, bless you, dear. Go to the church. You know, she, he was for Hannah more than the other one. And Eli only thought bad. Oh, she's probably in rebellion. That's why she probably did it. LPs, they all say, it's the woman, you know, those, they have ought against women in that movement. I'll be honest, I've never been around proud chauvinism in my life in ministry. My father was so respectful. All the men I knew in my family and grew up around and, you know, was in ministry with, I never had any kind of, let's get our lighting better, I hope. I never had any walk into a church, a ministry, because you want to go hear God, and then you get this look like they've seen a harlot show up. That is Levitical Patriot. That is just as nasty and as evil and as demonic as you want to find. You walk in as a pure-hearted person, a pure living person, and you are white, and they're white, and that spirit, like they're offended by your unholiness, your dark self when you're doing nothing so I think you know it happens so often I started to think you know I must trigger this like the Pharisees triggered by Jesus and I'd had a pastor an apostle who had been a missionary one of my advisors and also TV editors when I was on television in, in Central Virginia and he was a wise father of nine and a missionary for many years and he one day told me he said Tavo never get worried if a demon starts to manifest and I went whoa well what do we do he said never get worried if a demon starts to manifest it's just a sign it's ready to come out I went oh that's good I like that that is really good so when this started to manifest in my presence like I walk into a meeting they turn their back if the whelp is there they'll 
accuse me of not of being in rebellion if I I mean it's just been strange I'll be honest supernaturally weird it shows there weird stuff going on in fellowships human people are doing weird things so I go in there and I'm sitting there and all of a sudden the witch watcher comes over and says I've had this happen why are you here who are you like evil we spied you from far away and we know you're evil who are you I've written about this Jesus on the third row back in Dallas around 213 2013 I wrote you know Jesus came in one day remember the picture of Jesus in the Bible he had fire in his eyes <laughs> riding a white horse <laughs> some of these are I hate to say it, these patricians are riding a high horse <laughs> but anyway enough of that so Jesus comes in and he's been out in ministry nobody knows who he is he isn't famous nobody had he doesn't have an entourage no disciples he just thinks I'm gonna go worship because they put the advertisement out that they love the Lord my father and they want to have music and ministry and I'm for that I need a break so Jesus goes in there and he sits in the back in the third row and that's the topic so when he's there it, it this false doctrine is there and they look at Jesus and they think we've never seen anything like that he must be a devil he must be a undermining witch warlock coming in to take us over so they send their witch watchers back and see this is it this is how they're doing it this is what goes on and these are white well it's all rarely a woman in charge if so she's very dominating and you know and does Levitical patriarch and matriarchs so I teach why not to pick on anybody but to say there is false teaching that they are going to be held responsible for because it is blaspheming Jesus Christ's name it is using this is my teaching from way long ago about this if you advertise falsely come to Jesus house you're going to be safe and respected equally treated and we're going to show you the love of Christ and you don't you have an ulterior motive that it's only about you and your four and your style then you are false advertising being hypocrites putting out bait-and-switch like real estate or products you're putting it out bait-and-switch and you are lying you are not telling the truth you are telling a falsehood and that is not resembling Christ a hero role model it is resembling the opposite 666 anti-christ why is it anti-christ because it puts poison in people's souls it gets people all hopes that they're gonna hear from God when they're gonna get scanned and mistreated it is the anti-christ the anti James 317 fruit of the Holy Spirit which is pure peaceable easily entreated full of mercy and good fruit without partiality and without hypocrisy it's the op it's missing it is off that is a cult spirit a self-righteous cult spirit religious spirit second Timothy 3 1 through 5 the from such turn away fellowships their lovers accusers boasters lovers of themselves our way are the highway our rule our government our way we don't care really about anybody because if we did we'd be diverse and make even the most humble pitiful eunuch who comes in 
feel treasured and valued. And see, this is what is so, it's so horrible. I value people. I value God's people. And, you know, God sent me like an Ezekiel to these people. A few of these people, these mega ministries, I'm the off-scouring apostle in their eyes. I have been time after time trying for years to just say, I would like to go be respected. And instead I get scanned betrayed you know just evil treatment and when I was in there and and had my car camping called a car camp not a victim a choice a mature choice because you're on assignment I needed to get tougher I needed to know the world that people see when they do that I came from first responders I'm a frontline missionary a battlefield army nurse and it doesn't bother me all that ever bothered me was horrible pride and ego and the sleep gentrified villages of the United States charismatic movement. We got it made. 80s movements, 90s movement. We got it made. We're blessed and we're proud. But you know what? Usually these people came up poor. I think what I found. My finding is I didn't, I wasn't raised poor. We helped, you know. Everybody's equal, but I wasn't raised poor, so I just was poor then. <laughs> then when they met me. But it wasn't like a pitiful poor. I'm professional. It's like, I'm learning this turf. It's to humble me. It's to make me realize what people have to live through so I can give pointers. Well, Lord said, you know, this is what I got. It's a test to them, many of them, because th some of these are going to be living in cars or their children. Because they didn't pass this test. The What I found, I hope I can help people avoid this. I found black people, Asians, cared. They don't witch watch either. I found the worst, immune, disdaining and distancing and self-protected and self-righteous, holier than thou, were the white middle-aged who are now used to be poor and now gentrified. It was just the most disturbing and shocking. Because see, they're, they're either asleep, compassion fatigued, jaded, or just plain old ordinary. They don't care about anybody but them. I could not believe it. And see, in my nightmares with people, God's people, the least likely to be loving now is the gentrified charismatic as a black friend pastor and his wife before I left Dallas he made an appointment and his wife had a dream they wanted to tell me and it was Tavo you need to be bolder <laughs> isn't that amazing you need to be bolder and I was fighting that but I am but they said he had a church in a predominantly white area it was mixed but it was in the white area good area and he said this is the hardest thing I've ever had to do one of the hardest things because everybody is in need of nothing they are so well off in that area North Dallas not all of them not all of you are like this but he was hitting what I was didn't know I was hitting I was in North Dallas oh that's right. That's what I keep getting. No respect. Don't dare tell anybody you've been through 
divorce hurting because they want to snap judge and accuse you of needing to be fixed they want to fix you not love you they don't want to relate they want to say all right she's got baggage you're in sin you're at fault because they're Pharisees what we find we don't want is at ease the at ease sleep at the wheel Eli Temple I priesthood and priestess and these are not Baptists they were not Baptist or black or brown or international so heads up and the remnant you be of good cheer you're doing good but it, it was hard to find you a lot of you so I'm thankful for all the good stuff but listen I'm reproving to save lives I am reproving because God's justice has come and it will manifest slowly I'm coming because it is about Jesus Christ not you or me this is not about a white movement this is about the Lord's diverse movement and I'm here to say that it should not be any group whelp seasoned or otherwise that owns the Holy Spirit and puts the curse on people word curses let their witches that is a word curse that you've never talked to you've never interviewed all you know is you're reading by your false prophecy false teaching accuser Phariseeism from far away this has made me an expert really on witches I mean which all this stuff false teaching because it hurts God's people and his name who wants to think Jesus is a biased bigot you know who wants to think he's an evil dark character assassinator witch watcher hates women black people you don't want him to be like that he's he's also Middle Eastern all right so when we got on the soapbox really it hit me on the head I'm seeing money and bless me and achievement as the top priority that's sin I'm finding no respect our persons everywhere and disrespect demeaning disrespect for certain styles and typecasting I'm finding legalism I'm finding shallow impersonalized hail fellow wet hail fellow well-met Christ following in seasoned ministers I found devaluing people don't respect the human ordinary person unless you're famous or attached to the mega cult as a devout club member and clone time after time here I was in ministry Babylon's God gave me that scripture I would never say that I've never you talk like that to me it's like old-timey you know you're Babylon I don't do that but down there five or six years ago God gave me that repeatedly Psalm 137 because I was in mourning because of the body of Christ not having any ability to feel trustworthy or respected with all this devil spying because they own the will of the Holy Spirit basically or they were this happy clappy phony that you really didn't want to wasn't real my thought back then at one point I thought how can we depopulate this huge massive subculture really a mega culture in so many it's a giant area territory I thought the only way to do it is to start to meet people who are organic that's what started this what is organic without human synthetic phony additives so I determined I am trying to be I hope I'm organic 
I mean, you can't really be organic in this day and age, but you can do your best to be normal, real, be the same real deal who you say you are, and not pretend and put up a front. I thought the only way to do it is to get rid of the cult spirit, teach on prophecy and moving into gifts to get rid of the occult spirit, occult, too much psychic, get rid of the celebrity fan club, get rid of the stereotyping, get rid of the fault finding, get rid of the confused doctrine, the people pleasing, and then let people know, which I'm now doing, that if you correct, there is such a thing as reproof correction in doctrine and in teaching in ministry because too many people, I mean, that's Second Timothy three sixteen and 17. The basics, there is such a thing as a need to reprove at times and correct. But when I start to address like this, I start to say, there's Phariseeism, people, I mean, there's things that are dark and hurting people, putting the word curse and spooky on them in the name of the Lord. Instead, that's accused as fault-finding by these pitiful taught, you know, money-finding, you're not sweet like baby Jesus, you should be marked for contention. You're accused if you approve or correct. And you know what? I thought that's just the Bible says from such turn away. I turn away from them. So the idea is that let people suffer the consequences in this move of God. It's going to be a non-Pharisee move. But I'm going to warn the Pharisees because I love you. I care for you. I'm going to say don't let yourself get judged. Don't let yourself get removed. He's going to remove people. He's already told me two or three. I'm not saying he told me the names, but I see two or three and witch watching is one. I believe it. Accusing people of witches you have never talked to or find out you only believe the evil report. That is just evil, wicked. Calling evil good and good evil a sign of the national dearth in leadership from Isaiah's time in Isaiah 5.20. The leadership sins blocking the move of the Holy Spirit. This is what it's doing. That's all it's doing. But I care enough for not the systems. I respect you in a system. You probably need a system, but you got to work your system where it's not a hierarchy that it's a, that it owns people. It's got to be a revealed infrastructure. All right. But the reason I teach strongly and fiercely I care think of all the people that don't go to church I'm teaching for them their sakes a lot of these have been witch watched too many a lot of these have had their backs bitten by Phariseeism and the club a lot of these people know the real deal about the Lord but you up in the system have gotten encased in it you don't many of you really do not anymore have any touch with the common man you don't I do Many of you, too many, have no teaching that is not limited to your own brand of teaching that you've sat under for 20 to 40 years. You have never left the cult. You have never tuned to anybody but the group that brought, you know, the kind that come through the cult and their approved ministry. I don't do that. 
I have cross-body unity on purpose. I've been sent to investigate to take what's good out of a lot of movements. Different ones good, throw out what's bad. Yeast of the Pharisees versus wheat and tares. So we are for the Christian. We're for the true Christian. But we're also opposed to the false teaching in the Christians and the ones that block the Holy Spirit that make typecasting and accusing part of their rituals. That is just the most anathema. It brings death to people. It makes them have needless spiritual warfare. And it's hypocritical. It really is. Again, we need to teach and train and address such. We really do. This is not making a mockery of anybody. This is them making a mockery of fellowshipping with the saints. This is them making a mockery of ministry with this fruit. This fruit does it. It's not trustful. I had. I don't trust. I'll be honest. I have had my back bitten so often and gossiped about and leader witch watched. I feel betrayed. I cannot trust. When I go near a certain kind of doctrine, I can sniff it. It knows me, but I know it. And I get braced. I can't really relax because if I, I know where I was lately, they had it when I, where I first diagnosed it was down in Charlotte when I came down and a certain group. And so I came back thinking, you know, let's give everybody a try. I really liked them. And I, for a while, I was there and I was recalibrating, was tired, getting, you know, figuring how to, well, who am I now, Lord, after Dallas. And I just didn't have any energy to, but just to enjoy being there. And I did. And I thought, I wonder if that old witch watching doctrine is there. And for a while, I didn't find it, but I knew I got scanned. I would get scanned. And for a while, it didn't bother me until I realized. I'm not spoken to, I'm being scanned and scanned and scanned, which to me is cult spirit, smells like cult spirit, and I thought, you know, this is so disturbing, and I just don't have the energy to be this, you know, plus, I'm not one that people pleases, and I am, I'm a friendly person, if I have to go through the hoops, I think, I don't play games, a lot of this hierarchy and respect for persons in these types of movements are are really needless games. I think Baptists have got it down and Catholics. You just be yourself. Hi, we respect you. We were glad you're here. We're real Christians. We do our thing and we respect you. We don't talk about you. We don't blame you. We don't typecast you. We're equal opportunity. I mean, I think denominationals have come out and been my lifesaver as role models and black people. They just are sincere like Christians they just are real people they're not in their own you know elite mindset minefield they're not in their own aura taking themselves and their movement so serious when I was in Dallas I was so tired of patricianism and well I was just exhausted just so tired of can't go anywhere it's there <laughs> it was the national capita per capita heightened experience for that in ministry I just so I went online and made my own had more fun at the gym they were normal so I have a toe in normal see charismatic white charismatic prophetic I got a toe in normal I, I 
even if I'm in this great reverie with the Holy Spirit and another person comes up, I, I think of them. I think we're not Star Trek teleporting, but mentally reading each other that's psychic. But instead, when a human person comes up, I value them and I think, oh, let me come out of my aura, my reverie with the Lord and see if I should be friendly and say hello, make them feel comfortable. That's all I do. All this is about that. Being normal, having one foot in normal. That you care and value a fellow human being enough to say hi, to be friendly and to love them and respect them. That's all. So now I have to train it. Regretfully, I have to train it. Train it. Basically, I have to train normal to people. I guess I will. So I will take the task and do it. All right. Normal. Be normal at least register when somebody I've seen that for years though all right so we want to defrag our doctrine get rid of the fault finding the weirdness and be respectful ladies and gentlemen all right when we teach many kinds of people we understand the turf it's not easy I know a lot of people are strange <laughs> but if you own the ministry you try to do your best not to be <laughs> And, um, you know, one reason a lot of people are out of the church is because of this. More people, it said at Easter of 2021, more people that are Christians don't go to church than do go to church. And think how many go to church. And I'm with them. I think, why would I, why do I need to go? Why do I deserve, when I lay down my life for the Lord, I have a pure heart. All I've done and been through for the sake of the Lord and nobody gets me. They only want to criticize and attack me and bite me in the back because I don't fit their norm, their look, their cult style. I have a different vibe like Paul and the first 12 mentored by Jesus. Paul didn't fit their vibe either. They gave him the left foot of fellowship as well. He was an outcast for the first 12 mentored by Jesus. That's why I like Paul. <laughs> I understand. So I'm here online for anybody that gets this and if you need it you can feel comforted when I was isolated in Dallas by the intense religious <laughs> the intense fake and I think it was a cult spirit just because the church is not doing its work of clear up here they've done their work they've really cleared the atmosphere out in prayer but down there no it was like hatchets <laughs> it was like hatchets and I thought I don't know what's going on. It was horrible. <laughs> so, prayer is valuable. So, when I came away and I thought, wow, when I started online fellowship, really, I was thinking, man, I remember being in central Virginia with the more rural kind. And I remembered how the, I mean, you have nowhere to go. And Christian TV was a gift because you're out with the grassroots and it's humble, but it's like people are, um, you know, watching Pharisees. Are they church hoppers? Are you under? Are you covered? You know, all that rumor mongering came in from the TV, you know, era on. And I thought, I don't, I've never heard that. I'm a Baptist. You know, I, I've never heard that. I don't do that. But you get your name, you're back bitten. So I thought of that as how many people I'd met 30 females and one male that had had that happen in that Pharisee region with the false teaching. So when I was in Dallas, a mega cosmopolitan, I am a mega cosmopolitan kind, basically, not a racist. But I 
I thought of them. I thought of many people who don't have the knowledge or the person in their life to teach them their freedom not to be worried about this Pharisee as a, accusation. They don't know their freedom to have common doctrine. They don't know their freedom. They don't have to be under a local pastor if the Lord doesn't tell them. They, don't, they can know about fellowshipping with the saints, but there's a new way of doing it that you don't, it's not their business what you do. It is not their business. So out of this has come a fireball <laughs> of teaching, a doctrine originator. All right, the, for the Pharisee, there are three commands about groups coming from Paul, the apostle. One we know very well, Hebrews 10.25, which is well quoted at the grassroots. Do not forsake fellowshipping with the saints as some have, Apostle Paul. Everybody says yes. But it's not legalistic because of Paul and common doctrine. It is Paul's command and you should do it, but you don't have to do it the normal way everybody else does if they're fault finders and a friendly fire fellowship, witch watching and spooky spiritual, all right? If they're not loving and they attack you and betray you, why do you want to go? All right, so you can go online, you can go meet with friends or whatever. I'm not telling you not to go to church. You pray for them and you forgive these people, but why do you want to go if you're getting word curses all the time in your spirit? It's a balance. So there's one famous Apostle Paul command, and that is fellowship with the saints. Do not forsake it. We don't ever believe, we believe in exactly following that. Yet they have to meet my criteria now. They really do. And they have to meet your criteria. And I may not meet your criteria. That is your choice. That's fine. All right. It's freedom in Christ, not prison in Christ. Now, the second command is a command by Paul, and he says, if they are lovers, the group, fellowship or not, if the group is lovers of themselves, boasters and accusers, denying the power of, and you've tried your best, you've forgiven them, you've tried to confront them, they avoid you, they freeze you out, now it's affecting your children, it's affecting your marriage, it's affecting your spirit, you're always wounded, you can't figure out why. All right, you can't ever get a break from these people if they fit the criteria of 2 Timothy 1 through 5. Hey, you got the, your escape clause. From such, turn away. From these egos, turn away. Do it politely, respectfully, and just disappear. All right? So Paul has two more, two, three commands. Here's the third one. One is to go. One is to stay and fellowship. One is two or to go. From such turn away. The second one is First Timothy five, excuse me, six five. And it says, if they are people who talk a lot, which is not a sin, it says, but if they say that you are not blessed unless you have big bucks, unless you have money like them, if they say that blessing and money are a sign of God's favor, that it's gotta be money, then you turn away. From such turn away. So I have. So we gotta even out this talk and teaching there are such things as escape clauses when the pastors the offices the elders are not submitted to god's whole counsel and there's no relationship respect and therefore no love and they're eagles under the law illegal eagles they're they are prophetic but they're pathetic because they have no love and um 
you know, I, I would count anybody my friend. I like men. I really like men and women. I like men. I just am willing to deal. If they got false teaching and the Lord convicts you, just talk to me. We can work it out. I can, you know, I can go back. I can do anything. I'm not against whelp as people. But, and I love the Holy Spirit. They've got some really good people that teach on the Holy Spirit and, and move in the gifts. I love that. But if I have to go and sit out in the audience because I'm not famous and I experience the fruit, the product in the seats, which is whelp, it is conformist to the head person maybe, and they're in the same, I feel, I know I'm being scanned suspiciously all the time and it is a very accusing thing and demeaning and it is very dark and not jesus if jesus you know when jesus comes about i think we i, I teach prophecy a lot of this and apostle ministry because of this i think i read jesus christ in the bible and he wasn't under the law. How do I know? Because I read his relationships, how he acted and reacted in every relationship, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, with his mother Mary, the woman in sin, the men in sin, the people not in sin, the children, and see how Jesus acted. He is not under the law because he's not a character assassinator, a spooky guru or anything, you know? So then I think, well, how else can we train people because it's loveless. It, you know, there's one thing about being skilled in your seerish mode or knowledge of your Bible, your word of God. There's a power in that, but that isn't the top power. The top power is love. What does it say? To know the love of Christ that passes knowledge passes book knowledge, Bible knowledge, theology, seerish peering skills and legalism. It's past that. So as a song said, I remember from years ago, Jesus reduced me to love. Jesus reduced us to love. Love is first. There is no such thing as covering in the New Testament. That's an old smothering covering legalism, countrywide, country legalism passed down. Because I Googled it. The only covering in the New Testament is God's love covers a multitude of sins, and I would add errors and omissions and ignorant behavior. So let us all begin to work on our love, our real love. And real love starts with E-O-R-R, -R, respecting people, not typecasting, not stereotyping, not sizing them up and saying, oh, they're the enemy and I've never, you know. You have to not trust people. You don't trust everybody. You may not like them, or you may feel something evil on them, but you are not to accuse them and then gossip and malign them and character assassinate and talebear. You are to be upfront. And as Jesus said, and this is why I wonder if everybody, all these white whelp and whelm, certain ones, I really terrible many of them. If everyone thinks historically from 98 and 90 and 2010, when I've gotten jumped, these things, if everybody thought, and they're all the same doctrine, all white, most of them shorter than me, to be honest, and all of them, I think, raised dysfunctionally, or I was not, raised poor, I was not, all of these in the famous wannabe mode, or are famous, religious spirit, and I think, 
how come if people have suspected, now if you've suspected that I'm up to no good, or somebody else, if you suspected that I have a spirit of witchcraft, or a Jezebel undermining attempt to control with false teaching, then why didn't you make an appointment confront me? Why didn't you talk to me in person? Why did you not love me enough and respect me to make that phone call and respect me in the relationship? Why didn't you obey and submit to the church of Thyatira, the lampstand, that said, why do you tolerate that controlling spirit? That means to the head leader, a male at the time, of the church of Thyatira, who had the false teacher Jezebel, who surely must have been imposing to him, the her the Jezebel at that time, the controlling personality was imposing to the him, and the Lord fussed not at her in that letter, but at the him for being a weak wuss. And he said, why did you tolerate her? How come you didn't get off your caucus and go over there and make an appointment and Matthew eighteen fifteen up front confront her? If she's trying to control, it's your business to not let her. Why didn't you, humbly, Galatians 6, 1, set her straight? If you're that scared, Hebrews, I mean, Matthew 15, 16 applies. Take somebody with you. You know, all my life, not one of these or anybody anywhere has ever loved me, respected me to speak to me in person. Ode to Whelp tells the fruit I've had to put up with, and many people, it's at the top of online fellowship, Ode to Whelp, onlinefellowship.us, for the body of Christ and ministry. That's the fruit of Whelp, behind your back. However, when I've tried to confront, if I get jumped in public, I try to make an appointment to say, uh, let me talk to you, and they hide. So there is a weakness, a real weakness in the character of the Whelp. Some of these, most of these whelp are like this whelp and whim. They will not respectfully confront in a peaceful demeanor. James 3.17, easily entreated, full of mercy, without, it, you know, partiality, without partiality, without hypocrisy. Instead, it's subterfuge, like you're the enemy, and these are fellow Christians, and you are the evil, you know, the evil one. It's this, to me, it's like sleazy pride. I have a feeling, you know, this is my, you know, I always have fought insecurity as a minister because I was, I read people and I didn't want to cross, I wanted to be in order, you know, but then I realized I also at the same time have a very high esteem. I don't hate myself. I like myself. I'm not a, proud, but it's God's grace. I don't feel ashamed. I don't feel shabby. I don't care where I live. I have to live in a car. That's fine. If the Lord says do that, I'll do it. He says to do it. I'm on the mission field like the Indians over there in India or in, you know, third world country. I learn from it. It doesn't bother me. It's not my esteem. Years ago, when I was a mom and lived in a house with, you know, family amongst other people our age, couples, I realized I was getting, as a Christian, peer pressured to keep up with the Joneses. That was, you know, decades ago. And the Lord put in my heart, don't let your esteem come from anything or anybody unless it's Him. Jesus is the source of my esteem. So that was a value 
choice. And it was right when my, it was 40 years ago. <laughs> and it's helped me because I've had people do me wrong and I've had no income. I've had great income. And the ministry has been the slowest thing like Noah. And yet my esteem, thank God, is not in the ministry or numbers. My, and, and it's God great. I used to hate myself when I got fat when I was in my 20s and the Lord delivered me from that. Now I, now I can't hate myself and I know I need to work on it some more, so I am. But I'm thinking my esteem is not if I'm married or not. My esteem is not celebrity because I don't want care to be celebrity. My esteem is not my house, my lands, my property, my people, or my position. It's not, but it is, I can tell you this, it is a lot of ministers. It is a lot of Christians. So maybe this teaching can help you get delivered from yourself. Now, what I know is, as a prophet, that it is my time. This is my time. You know, you go like Paul in the shipwrecks of life, and you have people, you get debased. You're the off-scouring of the world. I am the off-scouring of the world apostle, lowercase letter, servant leader apostle, to the mega celebrity ministers that I just mentioned. I really am. And I don't want to hurt them or anyone. I never want to hurt anybody. I care for them. But I have seen so much, especially before my move up here. Let me qualify that. I've seen so much garbage, systems, devaluing, disrespecting God's people time after time, calling people females troublemakers calling people they're clueless about love just clueless about love and respect no fear of the lord and instead mammon chasing as a prophet i felt like elijah i feel like when i've had things happen to me big stuff i think this is how elijah must have done because <laughs> nobody's there so god but that's okay but it made my shame i have no shame I really have no shame. I really don't. Too bad for you guys. <laughs> no, I really don't have any shame. And I wish, I think people wish I did, you know, they do. But I'm content. I've never been more contented, nor full, more joyful, more less people pleasing, more content, more thankful to see a normal person who's a Christian. There's some really nice Christians, white and otherwise, in this area. And a lot of them are Baptist, or they're not as deep in this spirituality. And they're more nice. They're normal. And men and women are just polite. It's so refreshing. I really like that. Just the everyday person is my term. I like it. So we don't have to be a monk, a bastion of our own gift. <laughs> a monk unto ourselves. But we can be fun. One thing. You know, I didn't know about the Holy Spirit growing up. And I didn't want to be overbearing because I met when I first got in with a lot of the you know Pentecostal type people at first there were some you know pretty rude like forcing it down here so I don't do that but because of my knowing the Lord and having to survive different difficulties that were abuse or you know very bad stuff big stuff big personalities whoa <laughs> I have the spirit God has given me the spirit of might and that spirit of might is not a dominating controller. It's just preserving and can impart. So I think that because I've been like on my own, not famous or anything, and a person that is a different anointing or a next move of God or a different countenance stirs and brings fear to the tribes that have no might. 
and those are usually legalistics, legalists that are white. And I believe that wimp spirit needs to come out. So I'm teaching because if you use law, pressure, peer pressure, cunning, and subterfuge and blackballing, which is behind the scenes, never confronting, but to power play and manipulate, which is witchcraft, which power play and manipulate in your congregation. This is witchcraft. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. It's first second Sam first Samuel twenty three. Fifteen twenty three. If you go to church and they call you a witch and they're practicing, they're using their manipulative emotional intrigue and deception and their control and their power and their sin spying and their avoidance and their blocking. What do you call that? Jesus? You call that love? You call that fellowshipping with the saints? You call that respectful, whether it's men or women or two men or women? Do you think that's a representation of fellowshipping with the saints that God admires and wants and tolerates at this point? I don't. I think that comes from the pit. It comes from the flesh. It's carnal and it is also controlling and a Jezebel. <laughs> it's a Jezebel spirit, ironically. So when a whelp spirit has come through the years, I've analyzed it many a time, and there's certain tribes that are in the spirit of Jezebel. And if that Jezebel spirit wants to prevail, it's going to do it, because it's big and uses power and cunning, blocking and subterfuge and witch-watching and uh, cult spirit, its army, to get its way. That's your choice. You know, I'm not going to be with that. I'm not going to go there. But I can teach and prevent people from going where, you know, if you feel that, you feel it, you can check me out and I'll talk to you. Uh, if you are, because you want to love them and forgive them, but you don't want to put yourself, open yourself up to be micromanaged, controlled, or mistreated. You won't want to be devalued or your children. And then if you are devalued, then that cult spirit can come on your kids, you know, and they can grow up under that and not have discernment. So there's a lot of value in knowing the truth. That's it. When I am a, you know, one of the things, the downside of my gift is that I do read people. And that can be great because it can help you protect people, your, you know, yourself to be aware. But then you know you're being devalued. You know you're being talked about. Elijah, Elijah in the Bible, that said Elijah could, he knew, he could hear what was going on in the king's chambers. And I have that gift. It is not a gift I think I'm going to go focus on the king and listen to what he's doing in his chambers or her chambers. That would be evil. That'd be witchcraft. That'd be psychic. That would be prurient voyeurism. I don't do this. It would be a cult and self flesh. I don't do that. But I know this realm and they try to do it. They have tried to do it with me. Witches do it too. All right. So what I've learned is not to be moved, not to worry about it. But I know that my gift is like Elijah. So all out of the blue, I'll drive along, walk one day, and all of a sudden I hear this. Like, uh-oh, they're the ones. I know I'm being, you know, witch-watched or discussed or looked at, you know, talked against. Or I'll know good things too, but really it's just like and witchcraft. Let's say real witchcraft. There's a difference between this 
many levels of it. There are days, back in the 90s, when I first realized that I was getting this thing, I would get pinchers right here. Somebody would be pinchers. I thought, what is that? And when people are talking against me, it's like pinchers, or you get this feeling of, you know, like witchcraft feeling, and I just now know it's just somebody trying to control. It's a, it could be a real witch. It could be a charismatic. It could be somebody that I met at one of these fellowships that are like that, that are not my friend. And I think, all right, I'm not moved by it. Here's how you do it. Here's how I do it. Even if you have a big witchcraft, which I've had two times, at least two times, where a big one where you're like, I couldn't, you know, just hit me and I bent over after being at this church. I don't receive it because I know I'm online and that's part of the term. So what I do is if I feel the witchcraft like trying to choke me or trying to put this feeling of pain or some kind of constriction on me, it's like a constriction, trying to keep you know, like muscle constriction that's unpleasant and I know it's witchcraft. So I will just say, I bind you in the name of Jesus. I put the blood of Jesus over you and I send you back 20 times to the person who does it. That's it. It goes away. And all I know is that it is a person or persons who are praying against me or trying to put something on me. Jesus is bigger. The two worst times I have ever had dealing with charismatics, white charismatics, when I got, I talked to somebody and confided, I met this woman who was an intercessor at this mega cult in Dallas. And we talked and I shared some things which, you know, I let her in on my life, which I should not have done. Some of these people are so evil, so full of themselves, and they're white, that I get prayed against the net, you know, I know that kind of group does pray for that famous person and they are in that spirit. Some of it is wrong spirit and they pray against people. So I got it. And man, I got, I've had two attacks, maybe 10 years apart, which were my worst nightmare. They're just awful. Bad. However, God is bigger. I'm not worried about it. I don't worry about it. God is bigger, and I know the Holy Spirit, so I just bind it. It's a controlling spirit. It's a false doctrine. It's somebody who's selfish, male or female, black or white. I just bind it, put the blood of Jesus over me. It can't stay. I send it back to them. Sometimes they say tenfold. Sometimes they say twentyfold to them. So don't worry about it. Just do it. So God is good, and I feel so joyful now. I don't. I feel full. I feel not oppressed. I didn't realize that when I was in a cult spirit, that there was a cult spirit where I was before this. But man, it really does get to me because I. It's a familiar spirit, I think. And when I got out of it, it, took me a few weeks to get back to feeling myself. But it is something that hates me. <laughs> the whelp spirit is a nightmare for my personality. It is a anti-me accuser but it's demonic it is almost it is like our satanic witchcraft thing controlling and also it's like they declare war on you it's like us against them paranoia 
and it's white, but I think, why are they doing this? If I'm a Christian, they're supposed to be a Christian. Why are they doing it? This is all over the United States in this kind of thing, same doctrine. That's why I'm teaching on it. Make it plain and simple. Got to deal with it. Got to deal with it. And so I'm going to grow our own ministry as a network, not a cult. I'm going to share you how not to get a cult over on teammateuniversity.com, teammateu.com. I'm going to teach against accusation, Phariseeism, uh, so that we can woo people and win them to the Lord, not let them go to hell because we were so proud or terrible in our doctrine. All right, so we're going to teach people, but I'm also going to help you as an apostle. I'm going to help you birth a ministry, discuss the terms of what happens when you try to birth a ministry and the process. I'm going to use Psalm 118 as an example because it tells you all the different things that happen to you through your long life of being transformed from the called one to the sanctified and sifted one that really comes out after you're milled in God's timing to be the apostle or prophet or teacher or whatever that's top, you know, the office. So I feel very grateful to be around and I also treat everyone equally as males and females. I prove right now it's been so much hoity-toity and pride, so much ego and you know, self-preserving pride in ministry and the tongue talkers. But I now say everybody, because I know the turf, everybody is smart. People are smart. They're well-bred. You don't have to be famous, have a title, be recognized. You got it, a lot of you got it. So I'm going to say everybody's a peer to me. Everybody is a peer. Young or old, you're a peer until you prove yourself otherwise. <laughs> That's it. There is a criteria. And James 3.17 is my hallmark. If you're going to get along with me, you got to be, and i got to be, in James 3.17 fruit that represents from above, even under pressure, pure, peaceable, easily entreated, full of mercy, and good fruit without partiality and without hypocrisy. And we can work on it and get going. So James 3.17, if you want me to mentor, hang out, whatever, be in my network, fellowship with the saint. I am a... God revealed this, a free-range pastor. I'm a mature pastor. I'm not a mama or a controller, and I don't want to know your business. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I'll be here. I'll be here, answer questions, pray for you, watch your, watch your back in prayer covering. I will not cover you. I will not own you, but I will let you know if I get some, you know, if you need me to, you will, um, be on my mind, you know, I'll put you on my list to really pray for you and be there for you, because there is warfare. There is really warfare. So all these things you have to apply, and we have to agree, and I have to hear it from God, but I'm open. So I'm not lightly doing this. I'm doing it because God is telling me, and there should be only a few people. I don't want a lot. If you come, it will not be to make you a celebrity. It will be, you know, God, there's a difference between a person that is renowned, which is Bible. Jesus was renowned. People with big multitudes are renowned. That's fine. But when you get into celebrity, that's like Paul admonishing the disciples in 1 Corinthians, the flesh. Because I've seen, I now know, and I have proof a hundred times 
why he said don't say I'm for Apollos I'm for Paul that's divisive but then you get the cult following of the club and the cult spirit follows and the us against them competition but also the demeaning false doctrine can get in there the self-preserving of your system that is the big one accusing Phariseeism in the system so I have firsthand been allowed by God the privilege of visiting and being around mega ministry micro ministry and seeing now why celebrity ministry has its good a lot of good you want to know how to find these people and get good messages and admire them get respect I respect them but I'm down in the ranks to see the pitfalls of some of that a lot of it and I'm here to address it for the sake of the kingdom of God the kingdom of God is not meat or drink but righteousness peace and joy in the Holy Ghost and I got it but we want to know how to behave in ministry so as I close that's my field is grassroots ministry up and down sideways and forward and backwards mega ministry and micro ministry if I look at ministry everybody's equal whether you got a mega where do you got a palace where you got a micro whether your mother Teresa King Solomon live in a car don't have a car live in a van live in a, a mansion it's about Jesus it's about being equal and if you need help we try to pray for you that's all but the idea is we're trying to say there is something good about Jesus there is something quality look forward to we got hope for the future nobody can have hope but a Jesus follower should I have hope great hope you know the spirit of the truth here's a great verse I have so many great verses that I want to teach on the the um not just this Phariseeism fault-finding stuff I want to talk on the mysteries of God that's my other topic whoa eyes not seen ears not heard those things which the Lord has prepared for those who love him but those things are revealed by the spirit for the spirit searches all things yea, even the deep things of God we want to talk about that and really talk about get it going in us God is a revealer of secrets the revealer of mysteries Daniel 228 love those what eyes not seen ears not heard those things are the things that God has prepared for those who love him that is amazing Paul in 1st Corinthians and then the starter point John 1613 for everybody John 1613 it says when the spirit of truth has come he will guide you he will keep you by guiding you into all truth and he will not talk about himself he'll talk about things to come so if you look and analyze that verse every part it says when the spirit of truth has come he will guide you into all truth who is the Holy Spirit the spirit of truth how does he get there how does he come he comes in your side inside we invite Jesus in your heart accept him as Savior he gives you, and then you learn about this so when the spirit of truth has come he will guide you into all truth all truth for your ministry your call your personality your relationships your children and advice how to find it over time and through experience and difficulties and growing up in the Lord he will guide you into all truth not all truth of all the planets and all the cells and all for every eternity truth 
you will not get it here on earth. You'll get what you need, your truth for your call and your ministry and your life and how to fulfill your, you know, find joy and everything. The rest of that you will eventually get because when you die, you will go to eternity in the right place in heaven where he will tell you everything that you want to. It's all going to be only good. No fault finding, no sin spying, no subterfuge, no emotional manipulation, joy, fun, hilarity, worship, fun stuff. It will not be like the earth. It will not be here. When you get a sample of something really amazing, like say science fiction videos, video games, no matter how beautiful and wondrous those are, they are nothing compared to heaven. They're just a sign, the good, the good ones, not the fearful ones. They're a sign of what eye has not seen, ear has not heard. All right. So we are here. I believe the Lord is going to bring me out, bring this out. So lift me up in prayer, you know, because it's been a long time. Even Jesus was born in the stable. He wasn't born in the mega mansion. So there are many people, true people, that are coming out in this new move. I'm one. I know this is one. So there are other people, black and white, males and females, and we've all been demeaned. Many of us have been demeaned, and it has not been fun. But we have matured through it. We have forgiven and gotten over it. We've been uncomfortable. We think, you know, that's just paying the price for the Lord. But we don't want to do it to anybody else. It's taught me how not to behave. It's taught me to really be careful and sensitive and value the grassroots people, the common folk, the non-famous. Because I realize how sinister it is trying to go to some of these fellowships. It is the most hard thing because they don't really care. They don't have any clue now about real people. That this is about the gospel came. The good news was for real people. To make real people feel special. To real people that were natural and that had real lives. Not just in a bastion of celebrity or a bastion of holier-than-thou self-righteousness. It was about the real people. That's why I'm going to keep on. If anything, I believe the move of God is going to take me out. And I want to have, I believe it for a big van. A really spiffy, I paid my dues before. I want a spiffy van that I can really enjoy and go out and see if the Christians are saved. Before Dallas, I was thinking, man, it's so bad in the Christians. I'm not talking to the non-Christians. I'm talking to the Christians. Are you really going to make it to heaven? And I'm talking to micro and mega ministers, some of these. I was talking to prophets, and I'm talking to real Christians that are say they're born again, whether they're eagles or whether they don't speak in tongues or whether they don't move in the gifts. I'm saying to the Christian and to the fivefold offices, are you really saved from what I see? From being in harm's way trying to go to your churches? Two of these, three of these, shallow, playtime. Are you really saved? Are you really achieving and forgetting what it's about? So it got me stirred. And I do this. I've done it all not to please people or myself. I do it for the audience of one. Paul says in a verse, we walk it out 
before as a mystery. We walk our own individual lives out before the Lord in a mystery, but before the powers and the principalities that are watching. And so when I go through prisons or palaces or shameful situations or outcast or isolations or weird stuff and I know it isn't fun I pay a price but you know I love Jesus and I remember Paul he had horrible things happen and I don't feel bad about it I just think you know God help me figure out oh I'm doing this not to please anybody not to get recognized not to have a name for myself not to make income I'm doing it because God says this is how he can teach those powers and principalities something the big stuff in spiritual places we're wrestling not against flesh and blood that's whelp stuff included we are not wrestling against flesh and blood but against spiritual wickedness in the heavenly places we just don't want to see it in the church <laughs> we want to get it out all right I know the Lord is loves everybody and he loves you and he loves men and he loves women he loves us when we're bad when we're good when we're vain when we're proud and where we're not but we want to get along and make it easier on everybody to please let us come fellowship the saints without the drama let us come get in the Holy Spirit without the intrigue the emotional subterfuge the backbiting or you know the dark doctrine let us just love being with the Lord make it simple on us please and I hope we get a higher vision in this move of God than we've had the last several years you know I feel that stubborn spirit there is a truly stubborn spirit let me re-educate first Samuel says to anybody well male or female black or white I think it's first Samuel 15 23 it says rebellion anybody's rebellion of any kind rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft refusing to do what God refusing to honor your mother refusing hiding and doing drama and all right any rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft it says that stubbornness is as the sin of iniquity and idolatry so if you are a pastor a mature pastor a minister a mama a daddy a mega minister a micro minister an out-of-church person that's a true believer he's watching stubbornness is idolatry I will do what I want it really doesn't matter if God says it or it's in the Bible it's about me not being easily entreated is stubborn not willing to negotiate to to work things out in a relationship in ministry is stubborn idolatry and it is named as iniquity it's passed down to your family all right so we want to nip this in the bud in this new move it has already started iniquity is out it will be passed down to your family for the next generations that's the sin of iniquity it will be a stronghold worse in the following groups that you have it potentially so the good news that is back in the Old Testament it still applies but the good news is we have the book of Acts and ability to repent from it and break it off so we're not under the curse 
You don't want your ministry under the curse, your family under the curse. I don't either. And I don't want to go for the last round of this. I don't want to go where I'm getting the curse put on me by the head muckety-muck, the head ministers. <laughs> I have no desire. There's enough evil in the world and witchcraft and white witchcraft without all that. Why do I want to go from a to a from such turn away fellowship? Hey, you can pick my brain, dialogue with me, we'll work it out. I'm your friend. A friend loves at all times, even if they've been cut to the quick by this sinister, you know, fake doctrine. But I'm willing, because I'm a real Christian, to help people correct them in their doctrine calmly and, you know, hear their heart, their side of it. Because I know a lot of people, especially in moves that deal with the Holy Spirit, have been through horrible things. You know, they have. But there's no reason to be jaded, accusing of innocent strangers. That just shows that you've gotten sin in your life, like Isaiah 1 through 3, that character sin that is causing you to say that now evil is good and good is evil because I'm proof. <laughs> a lot of us are proof. A lot of us are proof. And one of the, the sins that were mentioned were false doctrine, little g-gods, and vanity. Vanity in both men and women and God's leaders. We don't want that. Anyway, God is good. His mercy endures. Blessed are the pure in heart. They shall see God move. That means they're going to enter, perceive, or see, and actually see it manifest. God move on their behalf. He loves you. This is Teva DRC signing off for now. Bye-bye.